you know, I always say um, to my, to the sales, to our internal sales team, that I know that a partnership is working when I'm no longer involved in all the conversations. When they, when, when our sales reps are just talking directly with a partner, managing opportunities, and, and then I um, get to know about it afterwards and say, hey, wasn't I, why wasn't I CC to this email? That's a really good sign for me uh, because, because that means that it went beyond my circle of developing this partnership and it penetrates and synced into the organization. Hi, welcome to the InfraGuard podcast, where we cover topics such as cloud security, server management, compliance, new threats, skill management, and much, much more, as we feature some of the world's leading voices in the world of cloud. Let's get started. Today, I'm talking with Eyal. Eyal has been involved in the business of partnerships and alliances for over 10 years, working at big tech companies such as Amazon Web Services, Twilio, and CyberArk. His expertise lies in building, motivating, and developing highly effective teams and partner ecosystems. In this episode, we go deeper into tech partnership programs, what makes them click, what to keep in mind while designing one, and what skills are needed to be a good partner manager. This segment is a goldmine of information and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Ayal. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Deepak. How are you? I'm good. So lovely to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Great being here. Thank you. Perfect. So let's get started with a, with a quick background and intro to your career journey, your skills to this, this point, Ayal. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so I got into partnerships and tech partnerships, um, basically I would say out of, um, uh, uh, going in a very wide, uh, career journey and direction and get, and then narrowing in into partnership, which is really what I'm fascinated about and, and where I'm continue learning and, and meeting so many interesting people. So, um, today I'm based uh, in Europe, uh, but I, I grew up and I was born in Israel. Um, and I'm coming actually from a legal and finance background. Mm. Uh, but, uh, for me, it was always about, um, being, um, interested in so many things, being kind of a Renaissance man, if you will. So, so my, uh, uh me choosing to study, uh, those fields, uh, were mainly about understanding the business world, um, with everything it implies, uh, from, from different concepts and different contexts. Um, and that's why I pursue, uh, a short, um, legal career, which didn't last uh, long, but I also, um, play different roles in sales, in business development. I was an entrepreneur myself. Um, and, and right before starting, um, core partnership role. I was also uh, in a general management position as a chief of staff. And all of these roles uh, really gave me um, um, different skills that are super important for partner manager, alliance manager, people that work in, in channel partnerships. Um, so that's what led me in into that role. Um, 
And then, so, so I worked as part of this, I worked in different um, tech companies, big and small from uh, companies like CyberArk uh, into smaller startups. And then around uh, six years ago, five, six years ago, um, I joined AWS um, to work in tech partnership, ISB partnership, and then also in consulting partnership in different parts. Uh, so, so I did that for a few years uh, and then ended up in my current role at Twilio, where I'm in charge of our partner strategy in uh, different regions in EMEA. Mm, fascinating. So uh, when you transitioned from your legal to your more partnership focused role, uh, did you always move from a technology direction or did you have other sectors midway? Yeah, I, I would say it was always around technology. Um, I um, So as you probably know, Israel is a very um, innovative com uh, country that is highly focused on innovation, startups, uh, and uh, that's a topic for another discussion. But I think the journey Israel as a country is doing is really fascinating from being more of a startup nation to having more established um, public, uh, publicly traded, more mature companies. And I'm telling you that because um, part of my journey uh, and, and that legal aspect was working with such companies. So I was in one of Israel's uh, largest uh, legal firm uh, and I had uh, mainly two jobs there. One was in a very um, unique department when uh, we accompanied uh, dual companies. So com basically publicly traded Israeli companies that wanted to be listed in, in NASDAQ, usually, New York Star Stock Exchange. Um, and my other role was working with, with startups, mainly in the healthcare industry. Um, and that gave me a lot of experience of understanding um, the financial and legal structure of establishing companies when it comes to, um, you know, different agreements between founders, stock options and, and employee agreements, then to more come and, 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 and of course, funding rounds to more mature and advanced stages of actually going public in, in the largest um, stock exchanges in the world. Um, so, yeah, and then, but then, you know, eventually, um, what was quite clear to me before doing that was much more clearer when I uh, got to the end of, of that part of my career. Uh, and that was that I'm enjoying much more being on the field than mm. advising uh, from the outside, if you will, which is also super important, but it just wasn't uh, that much for me. Perfect. So uh, just coming to the, the core theme of partnership programs, where do these partnership programs fit in when we talk of any GTM strategy? And I would like to break it into two parts. One part is the companies which you refer to AWS and Twilio who, have, who are not only well-established, they have a, a well-established partner program. Yeah. And then there are these other mid to large startups who are just looking at it. It is, it is somewhere in their roadmap, but not really matured. So where do actually partnership programs fit in for larger companies as well as those who are looking to grow? Yeah, I think, I think that's a good uh, um, separation that you mentioned uh, because 
let's maybe start by by saying that the word partnership is such a big word uh, that is being used by so many different um, people uh, with giving it different meanings you know uh, it's funny for me that every time I join a new company or even within my company talk to different people from diff- uh, and different stakeholders that play different roles they understand that word completely different. Mm. Um, so, and I think as you just said, um, you know, partnership with, um, a big tech company like AWS is really not the same as two companies with the same side partnering together. Um, especially when we're talking about technology partnerships. So, um, the way I like to see it is that when you're a cloud provider, for example, uh, partnering with, with different ISVs, uh, in different sizes. Um, so yeah, it's a partnership, but one can also see it as a kind of, a um, sponsorship, uh, or a win-win, uh, relationship, uh, which can be translated as partnership, but it's not an equal partnership, let's say, because of the different sizes and because of the different interests of each party. Um, so that's that's one that, that we can dive into a bit later. The other side, of course, is, is, is partnerships with smaller companies. Um, but having said that, I think that no matter what, I think today for, for B2B companies, or technological companies, um, partnership must be considered as a core part of the go-to-market strategy. Um, and I think, you know, we can, we can see a big trend of, of, um, that concept being already really, uh, well adopted and, and, and serve as a default, uh, because, um, I would say that, that, that new companies today that are backed by uh, VCs um, luckily get those advices and those experience from from experienced people. Um, so I would say it's a core thing. I think um, partner-led growth is, for me, the main way for B2B companies to grow, to scale, uh, and to do it properly just right from the beginning. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying, you know, that uh, direct sales is not important and it's not core. It is super important and it should be another component. Um, but I just think that we're way past the days of, um, you know, predictable revenue or other great books, which, which just focus on, um, establishing a good sales team. That's basic. That's important. But today just doing outbound or just focusing on organic inbound sales is in a way a zero sum game and you want to go beyond that zero sum game. So for me, partnership is just uh, a scaling mechanism for solution selling. Um, and it's a way for you to grow to so many different ways, um, in a very, um, non manual way. Yeah, no. So, so some things of, I mean, a few different things you mentioned there. One of them is this trend of VC backed startups, which, which come into the market with already a set of relationships. But prior to that, uh, yeah, I would actually be very interested to know how you define a partnership. 
because as you said, everybody defines it in a very different manner, right? From yeah. customers to API integrations to resellers, right? everybody can be clubbed together as a partner. And many people actually club them together. But for you, what would be the most efficient definition of a partnership program or of, of a partner? Well, there are two things. There, 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 and if you want, we can talk about what's a good partnership is. Mm -hmm. But if you want to start by the very definition of a partnership, I would say um, a partnership is formed when there is a clear commitment between two parties and a clear understanding of a common why and a common goal uh, that, that those two parties want to achieve. Um, for me, that's partnership. Partnership is, 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 um, two or more parties that have a common goal and achieving that goal will serve for each one of these parties, different interests and different needs and will bring value. Interesting. So, um, I, and I, I actually think the way you defined it as a common why because right, thinking from the strategic perspective, this goes far beyond just focusing on the revenue impact, right? While revenue oh, impact yeah. may be one of the measurables, but the common why is actually why a partnership is actually set into motion. Yeah, I would say, um, yes, you can say that eventually revenue is, is, uh, is when, well, we, we are in a business podcast and in business partnerships. Revenue will always be one of the KPIs and one of the measurements and one of the goals. Um, but it's not always the why, I would say. It's not always the why. I don't think it's just about revenue. I think, you know, good companies throughout history are, aren't measured just by revenue. They're measured by their persistence and how long they stay relevant. Uh, they are measured by, um, how much their customers love them and stay loyal. Um, and again, a very um, um, capitalistic way of looking at it can, again, claim that it all comes down to revenue. But, if, but even if we will to talk about revenue, so I will say it's about long-term revenue. Yeah. And, and that is, in fact, an important distinction. If you focus only on the revenue aspect, it tends to become a very short-term uh, roadmap. And obviously, it's, things are often, one you mentioned was persistence or impact. Those tend to become or come into force at at least an elongated duration of time. Yes, absolutely. It tends to become a very, not a successful partnership from my experience. Again, especially when we're talking about um, ISVs partnering with cloud providers. Um, when it's just about revenue, it almost never works from my experience uh, because that's not tech partnership. That that might be, you know, um, an old-fashioned just business called partnership. But when we talk about tech partnership, it needs to involve, and if you want, we can dive into that, but for me, it needs to involve so many other things that are um, that should get into the culture and values of a company and, 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 and touch different departments of a company. So it really goes way beyond just the, the business department. Yeah, and in fact, that was going to be my next question, that what all is involved in a partnership program? 
if you could just outline those key pillars which you would focus on. Yeah. Um, so, so, so maybe b- before just saying what's involved in a program, I would say for me what what matters or mm-hmm. what um, what is important to establish a partnership. You know, um, because throughout my career, both as a, as a, as a partner manager but also working in companies in different positions when we were partners, other companies, um, as we said at the beginning, sometimes it's very comfortable for companies to declare that they are a partner, a company, but in reality, that doesn't give you anything. Uh, in a way, sometimes it can even hurt your, um, your brand, and, and, and the way your customer will trust you. Because if you, you know, everyone wants to write on their, uh, every B2B cloud ISV wants to write on their website that they are uh, AWS, Microsoft, and Google Golden par- Partner. But if I'm a serious prospect and I'm seeing that, and then I discover that you're, you know, just a registered partner or something similar, that can hurt in the sales process. So, I would say the first thing to 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 bear in mind when establishing a partnership is um, understanding the why. You know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm quoting from Simon Sinek uh, and and uh, focusing on the why, but I think you know he puts it so so brilliantly. So why not? Uh, why is important. You need to understand the why, and you need to understand the other side why, um, and. I think the why entails so many things because the, if you're really asking the why, it will take you into a journey of understanding and asking what the partner program actually uh, entails, as you just as, as you just asked. Because um, you know, if I'm a CEO of of a promising startup, cloud native promising startup. And I'm saying, yeah, we, we should be an AWS partner or a Microsoft Azure partner. Um, and then someone or you yourself will start asking yourself why you will, you will get the answers. You will get your why. You will get the reason uh, and, and your belief behind what is partnerships for you. So first I would say get the why yourself and get, and then also get the common why. Um, if, if you want to be a partner and you know, it really depends on your market position. Uh, if you're a small startup just registering anon- anonymously as a partner, that's very different than being approached by a strategic partner manager. So you need also to understand your position and to understand the stakeholders. But yeah, that, that's another topic. So first, why? Second thing I think is important is um, having a champion on both sides. It's so important um, uh, from from the ISV perspective, from the technology company. Obviously, um, when you will be in partnerships with with cloud providers or with big tech companies, you will meet different people, uh, and and you will need to start mapping uh, those stakeholders. But you need to have one person that vouches for you, that cares about you, that is owning the relationship, and that person will also need to have a champion on the other side. So, you know, even if we're talking beyond uh, 
cloud provider partnerships. Let's just take, for example, um, you know, uh, companies in similar sizes that want to do tech integration. Um, um, I'm just throwing names, you know, Splunk and Stripe, Twilio and, and, and Stripe or Twilio with Monday.com. If we want to make, start to, to, to have partnership together, I need to know that there is someone on the other side that is vouch, vouching for us. And the reason for that is that eventually tech partnership and deep B2B sales is all about selling change. And when you sell change, people tend to resist. And in order to crack that resistance, you need to really have someone that believe in what they're doing and believe in that partnership. So, so having that, that person is the second most important thing. Um, third thing I would say that is very important in everything in life, but also in partnership is having a plan, having a partner plan, having a business plan, setting goals, having short-term or longer-term goals, um, and having, um, you know, actionable items and a Gantt really touches the why, but then uh, it's more about the how, right? So, so what's important to you? Is it more about expansion and differentiation, brand awareness? Is it more about selling, go to market? And, and, and really prioritize things. And the, detail, the more detailed it can be, the better. Um, fourth, and then I'm getting to the last one, which is the fifth, is uh, um, I would say understanding how to sell, how to go to market together is another very important component. Should be part of the, of the business plan, of the partner plan, but I will mention it as a separate thing. Um, because especially when we talk about tech partnership, it tends to be just more complicated uh, to, to, to sell together. Um, and it's not just straightforward as, as you know, as a reselling partnership, for example, when the relationship, the selling relationship is very clear. And the fifth component for me is um, involved management. I think it's really important uh, because, you know, sometimes you can talk to, depends on the company side, but you can talk to the person in charge of partnership and he or she can be super excited about it and committed. But if you don't have exact sponsorship, it just, it won't work because it won't be prioritized. So you need to know you have that in order to make sure that you are investing your time rightfully. Hmm. Uh, a couple of follow-up questions on that. So these four or five uh, points which you mentioned, at which stage uh, do you start looking at the numbers? So let's take the use case of a equally sized smaller company. Mm -hmm. And at what stage do they actually start looking at numbers? And yeah. also, at what stage, let's say there is a champion on each side, two people know each other. So at what stage would they want to start involving the management? Okay, I'll start by the last question. Mm. I think management should be involved from the very beginning or from, I would say, after the first conversations. Um, that person should, should, should take that, that partnership notion to management, which also, by the way, um, touches another important, um, point, And that's 
you know, the role of a partner development manager, I think, you know, we can touch that later, but I will, but I will say now that that person should be a person, especially if we're talking about smaller companies, that person must be, um, a key player and a decision maker in, in higher management, not necessarily, you know, a C level uh, position again, depends on the side, but it should be a person that understand the company's strategy and can affect it. Um, so I think management should be involved at the very beginning for the sake of everyone, because no one wants to, you know, make a great amount of efforts, uh, and then eventually just being shut down. It should be at the very beginning. Now, um, when numbers should be measured, that's, it depends on, on your style, I would say. But I think first, KPIs should be defined uh, at, at, when you're working on, on your partner plans and on your partner goals. And then um, my style is to review it constantly. Uh, I do like to pause sometimes for a QBR, but not more than once a, once a quarter. And it can also be once every six months uh, because um, I think it's important to have QBRs or recurring, you know, offsites when you review what you're doing. Uh, but it's also really important to establish a relationship with where the partner is just a regular part of the business. So I would say, you know, usually at the beginning, you will do more business reviews and then it should be something more fluent. Uh, so it's important to have both. It's important to have those stops in times, uh, those pauses, but it's also important to develop relationship when you have um, a relationship. A relationship is something that is uh, living, that is happening all the time, uh, that is... Um, changing. So, so I would say, um, it needs to be reviewed continuously, but also deeply from time to time. Yeah. And, uh, so we'll, we'll come back to what is a good partner manager, but something which came out was who's a good champion. And I think a good champion is also a person who can help the other side navigate this, this roadmap. So whether it is when to get in sync with the management or so one thing which you mentioned also about a partner manager is even if that person is not C-level, he should be privy to the roadmap of the company. So partnership programs take some time to evolve and he should have an insight of what they are looking for in six months, one year, two year. But also that champion would, a good champion at least, should be able to help the other side if it's a win-win relationship as to how to navigate the pattern and have and give them good insights so that the business plan can be very relevant to what the needs are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, uh, there, there are really different aspects to being, uh, in charge of partnership. Uh, I think it's a really, again, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but I think it's such a fascinating role because it requires you to be kind of a mini CEO in the sense of, um, you need to really understand the business from different pr perspectives. You need to understand where the company is going, as you said, the strategy. You need to understand your product. You need to understand your product roadmap. 
obviously you need to understand the business and how you sell. Uh, and it's not only understanding it, but it's also explaining it to the other side and helping the other side, helping you sell. So, so yeah, absolutely. It's, it's helping, uh, the other side, you know, I always say, um, to my, to the sales, to our internal sales team that I know that a partnership is working when I'm no longer involved in all the conversations. When they, when our sales reps are just talking directly with a partner, managing opportunities, and then I um, get to know about it afterwards, and say, "Hey, wasn't that, why wasn't I CC to this email?" That's a really good sign for me, uh, because because that means that it went beyond my circle of developing this partnership, and it penetrates and synced into the organization. There's the sales, the sale part. Obviously, when there are also technical aspects when when uh, when uh, there is uh, product integration involved, but it, it goes the same. I mean, uh, it depends on, on what we're doing together. Right. And so moving to something which you earlier mentioned that every company defines partnership programs in a, in a different manner. But are there any broadly broad guidelines as to the types of structures in a at, let's focus on tech partnership programs so are there any broad silos uh, or broad segments where we could club them um yeah i think i think well if we're really talking high level so basically uh, i think the first important thing to do is to to make sure that you differentiate between um consulting partnership and tech partnership. And then, you know, sometimes you even have more layers and different definitions. So for example, in AWS, um, I remember it started as just those two definitions, but then today it's already have changed and you have, you know, ISV partnership, consulting partnership, you can have GSI partnership, um, you can have specific uh, SaaS or a manufacturing partnership. So, so really um, be as accurate as you can uh, when, you, when you decide on that basket of, of where partners go into. Um, and obviously that the word uh, tech partnership is, is, again, can be really drilled down into different components. Um, it depends on your industry as well. In Twilio, for example, when, when we're more in the telecommunication space, um, we also have BPO partnership, which is completely different. Uh, so it depends on the relationship and the nature of the business. So that's first. And then um, inside every bucket, um, you will have different components of that partnership. Um, I think all partnership eventually have um, the sales component or the co-selling or the sell with that's that's important for everyone uh, how you sell how you sell together how you sell each other um another important component and and, and then again maybe i'll ask you if, if if you want to focus more on on partnership with similar size companies or partnership with uh, big tech uh 
Would you like me to focus more on that or on the other? Uh... Yeah, I think maybe we can let's focus on the similar sized companies because okay. I think that's a little trickier to to navigate. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I would say uh, uh, there's also always um, go to market, lead gen, and marketing aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, most company will have inside of that different benefits and different motions that are more default. You know, like joint events webinars, and so on, different ways to, to, to create lead generation. And you have monetary benefits, you know, credits, funding, stuff like that, that, that can always help. And then there is um, product uh, part of the partnership, which involve more, you know, creating a joint value proposition, technical integration, and so on. Uh, I would say those are the main the main components of every partnership, I think. Um, do you think of anything else? No, but I would actually loop back to one of your initial questions. So when those four or five steps which you mentioned, yeah, right, what have you found to be more successful? Have you found an extremely detailed, deep down version of the plan right at the get-go? Or you found something high level the wise focusing on the wise and then moving forward as you get more details, then you fill in that plan. Which one of these two is more efficient? Yeah, that's a great question. What comes to mind is, um, I think there is a big difference that one can see between how familiar the other side is with the partnership program. Hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's like everything in life. When you sell, and we are all sellers in, in, in different aspects. Um, you can see how much the other side really understand what you're doing. And it's very different to structure a plan uh, with a person that just know what he wants or she wants versus a person that dedicated um, a good amount of time of reading obviously reading what your company is doing, but also understanding how the partnership program is working. Uh, so, you know, I think in all, in all tech partnership, when you already have an established partner plan, um, you have the first calls and then each side send the other side a link or a PDF with a partner program. And then for me, that's, that's, that's a key point when uh, in our next goal, if it's just another catch-up, so that's one scenario. But another scenario, which I would prefer, is to, before that next call, to have an, an email full of um, troubling questions of what's this, what's that? I read this, but I didn't understand how it works. And in many occasions, it will mean that that person will find a lot of holes that might exist in the part of the program, but at least it means that um, he or she took the time to understand what it means to become a partner of us because, um, as we said, each company defines partnership differently and each company sees their partner in a different way and prioritizes their partners in a different way. So um, I think it's really important for that person to understand how the other side is seeing partners, what's the benefits, what's the requirements, what it will take from that person to convince internally. You know, some partnerships means um, days 
and weeks of investment. Uh, and, and you should, you should know if you're willing to do that. Uh, while other partnerships are very natural and easy to form. So, so that's, that's important. Um, and that will affect how detailed the partner program will be. So I would say, you know, being realistic, it depends on the type of relationship. It depends if there is a side that is being more, um, uh, that, is, that is just have a stronger position. And then maybe, again, being realistic, maybe if I'm in a weaker position, I will insist less of that side, uh, knowing everything. But but even no matter who that is, I would at least want, you know, the, the least amount of respect of um, knowing that we are both, in, both engaged. Right. And uh, interestingly, this all again, so the type of relationship, how engaged you are in it. And it all circles back to the type of champions who are coordinating between the respective side. So that, that remains the core aspect of, I think, any successful planning and, and moving forward. You know, at the beginning, it's, 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 it's the, the, the courtship phase, the, 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 mm. the part when you're just dating and you're just really trying to see if you like each other and if it can work for the long term. Uh, depends what you're looking for. Um, and if you're looking for a serious relationship or not. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I, I would always prefer it to be someone who's dedicated to partnerships, but again, it depends on the company size, but I will say that from a certain size, that expectation will be almost mandatory because from my experience, um, working with stakeholders, that partnership is just one of the things they do tend to not work very well uh, because you, if you're a person that is dedicated to partnerships, uh, it will tend to create um, a lack of balance in the relationship and in the amount of investment. Hmm. You know, obviously, if it's a person that, that knows about partnership, that has experience in forming partnerships, that's great. But... It's not mandatory. Uh, it's more about having um, a clear business understanding of why it's so important today, I would say. Right. And uh, just carrying on with your dating analogy and, and it's the first date. So how do, how do you find a champion for, for the smaller or similar sized companies? I'm assuming it's, it's not on Tinder or, or somewhere <laughs> that size. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it has to be probably on LinkedIn or something similar, but what yeah. is the process in actually finding the right champion? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so, so going back to the dating world, which I'm really haven't been part of for so many years, but but I understand that it's a different world today. Uh, my my single my bachelor friends are telling me. Um, I would say that uh, yeah, first, like in the dating worlds, and like we said, you you first need to understand what you want and what you're looking for. Um, and once you have that defined, and once you um, um, know the landscape and the market, 
that's always better because then you're not reactive, then you're proactive, and then you you you're um, intentionally uh, looking for specific companies, which is usually what happens in already more formed partner relationships. So you know, for example, in Twilio, when I joined um, and formed a partner strategy in the regions that I'm heading, um, first month was really about um, really making sure that I understand the market, the the landscape, um, the competitors we have, um, and which companies we want to partner with. Um, and then when you get to the stage when you really want to talk to those companies, so um, like always, it's better to get connected through someone, through direct, to, through a, a, a warm uh, handover. And yeah, if that doesn't work, so I would go for LinkedIn or emailing and so on. And um, I don't think I will um, surprise you when I'll say that, you know, it should be personal as possible. It should feel real um, and um, not just, you know, um, a default uh, generic message that you're sending to everyone. So... So yeah, the, the more personal it can be, the better. Um, and may, maybe just one more thing I will mention there is that um, I think one should be patient and should be persistent also on that stage. So, you know, I'll say from from being on the other side, you know, sometimes I can be approached by someone on LinkedIn and, e- and email and we are all super busy and I will not always answer. Uh, but then, you know, if that person will... Um, just send me another message and another message and I will really see that he's sitting on his keyboard and really writing that message to me specifically. Usually I will just have the dignity to at least answer or maybe just help uh, that person mm-hmm. get to the right contact. So so it's, it's really a game of uh, um, getting into the right person. And, um, you know, I know we're talking about tech partnership, but for example... Um, building partnership with GSIs, that's first few months, it's, it's usually just about getting to the right people and, and creating that uh, account map of who's the right person to talk to. So you, it really depends on how important it is to you. But if it's a partnership that's important to you and you set yourself a target of being a partner of that company, so... So I would say, you know, every connection you will build and every relationship can end up being meaningful to you eventually. Yeah, and and this is also uh, where it takes a lot of the key skills from a sales background. Personalization, persistence, being at the right time and really figuring out who your target customer is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you need to have, I think, you know, sales skills are are so important in, in everything you do in life. Of course, in a partnership, in a way, and that's the way I like to to see it as well. I think I think partnerships are always an extensive part of of the sales team. Um, it's it's the the it's one of the most complicated sales functions, but it is eventually a sales function, and it is eventually part of of the business or yeah. Yeah, so, so this, this, I think a lot of it we have already captured, but this, this, let's just try to structure it. So what makes for a good or the, the most 
efficient partner manager? What are the key skills, key habits, and yeah. the, the key envisioning or strategic uh, way of looking? Yeah, the one of the most important questions, obviously. Um, so as you notice, I like to structure it into numbers. I would say there are five top things for me that are important, and then there are a lot of others that we can touch. But I think... Mm-hmm. First aspect is um, that that mini CEO part that we mentioned, or the the leadership part of uh, that. That person should, as we said, should should understand his or her own company from different aspects, and not to be narrow minded, and to be deeply connected to the company strategy. So that's one. Second thing is. Um, I, I would say to be very knowledgeable in and out. So uh, you need to understand your own company, as we said, your own partner program, which sometimes can be very complicated to understand. Um, and you need to understand the other company, what, what they do, what's their solution, what's their partner program, what's their vision. It sounds very almost um, basic. But but it but it isn't. I think I think many people in partner management functions uh, for different reasons because usually it's, it's it's for because of time constraints. They just don't have the time to to do that, and it depends on the role. You know, I I, I in in my first role in AWS, I was managing hundreds of partners, and you really don't have time to deep dive into each and every company. But then. But then it, it leads to a third component, uh, which, which is very important for a partner manager, and that's to be uh, trust, trustworthy, to be honest and to be trustworthy. Um, you know, going back to the date words, um, it's all about trust. It's all about being open. Um, you know, if, if you are to act as a champion for the other side, so you need to know that I will not always tell you what you want to hear, but I will tell you what's really going on. I will be, you want me to be able to tell you what's wrong with us and what's wrong with your different things you did or different things that I think that could have done better uh, and, and so, so we can improve together uh, over time. Um, so that's that's very important component. And then the two others component that I will mention is um, understanding how the sales team is, is working and understanding sales in general, but understanding how, how your own sales team is working and, on the, and how the other side sales emotions are working. And the fifth will be uh, about um, appearance, I would say, or... Um, Maybe appearance is not the right word, but it's understanding that eventually you are representing your company. Um, and the way you will act, the way you will treat others, uh, and the way you will explain things will be really important in how your company is being perceived. So, you know, there's just a lot of uh, responsibility there uh, that, that you need to bear in mind when you from from the small things, you know, how long it take you and how you answer emails, mm. uh, and how you structure answers, and, and and how, you know, 
obviously, as, as time goes by and when you get to know a person, you can be, oh, sorry, more direct. Um, not, not that official, but at the beginning, I think it's important to, to know that you're representing, you're the face of your company eventually. Whether it's in one-on-one conversation or on events. Yeah, so, so that is actually a, a great list. And um, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I agree with, with something which you mentioned in the end. Small things like how you format your email, right? how much time you're taking to, to just send that initial email. All of those eventually count up to your both your skills and your efficiency as a partner manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I think that that advice is good for everyone no matter what you do. But, but, but I will say that, you know, there are just roles that are less um, customer or partner facing where um, the way you communicate things are not that important. But in that kind of roles, communication is really important. Perfect. Yeah. And so uh, as we move to wrapping up this, this interviews, a, a, a few last points. So one is, I mean, you have been in this partnership, or at least the tech partnership, and you come from a legal background, which is also hugely focused on the way partners work. But what are what is the future or what are the emerging trends which which appear to you when you look at partnership programs? What is happening in that world? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, from from my point of view, I see a big shift and more and more investment in ISV partnerships and in te- and in tech partnerships in general. Um, I think that um, reselling and consulting partnerships is something that is already quite well figured of how how to do, how to track, how to measure, uh, and we see a big shift into trying to understand what's a successful tech partnership looks like because it, th- there aren't clear answers there yet. I think that's that's a big trend. I think another um, big trend that it's that's been forming for the last decade in a way is uh, ecosystem partnerships. Um, so you see that again going back to cloud providers, um, you see that, a lot, and, and, and I, I like to see it, and I think most people like to see it as, as you know, as, as, as ripples, as, as circles where um, you have the big whale in, in the middle and then different size of companies swimming around it. But the, the, the beauty of it is that if, you're, um, if you are open-minded, you can understand that it's not only partnership that you can do with the big whale, but you can also form different partnerships with different players inside that ecosystem because there's enough room for everyone and um, you just need to know who to go to market with. Um, so I would say, you know, a trend is just to, 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 to think more outside the box uh, and to be an ecosystem player. So obviously connectivity is super important. Um, and lastly, I will maybe I'll, I'll say that that um, I think there was a big explosion of, of again tech partnership in the last ten years, and now uh, there is more trend of being more uh, accurate when choosing partners. So 
you know, you, you will, uh, as the market is more mature, you will search for partners that really play on the same field as you do. Um, because again, you know already how much investment it involves. Yeah. And are we also becoming better in forecasting who would be a good partner? Is that data also playing a part these days? Uh, we need another entire podcast for that. Um, I don't know if we are becoming better. I, I think it, it, I think it, it, uh, depends on the company and depends on the partnership, uh, because like partnership forecasting has a lot of different aspects, right? Uh, especially when we're talking about B2B and SaaS companies, um, it's really, it's really, it's really about finding, um, I would say a common terminology of what you are forecasting, which makes it easier. And it all connects to what we already discussed about having a champion and adapting each other's terminologies. Because, you know, for example, um, in the company I work right now, we're forecasting um, on, on what you will call an EARR, which is a, an estimation of the annual recurring revenue. But, um, other companies might forecast for um, a monthly recurring revenue or in a three years term. Uh, so, and, and and again, obviously that's that's tricky when you come to tech partnerships because then it's always about um, what you're measuring as a direct revenue coming mm. from that partner and what's not. Um, yeah, I would say I would say it's 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 it will never be an accurate number in most cases. You need to be flexible there. You need to be generous to your partner there. That, that's how I see it. Unless it's a very you know clear case when you can see a revenue coming from that usage. Interesting. Yeah, we would probably need another podcast to go to do a deep dive into data and forecasting. But yeah, hey man, I'll, this is... This I'll has be been happy to... to, to, to uh, to have another one at uh, the 102 episode or three. Yeah, yeah and, and this has really been very, I, I think there's a lot to learn from this episode. Uh, and uh, I mean, this one hour, we really covered different aspects of it. Obviously, there goes a much more when we translate all of these strategies, theory into practice. And that, I think, assume it comes with time. But uh, in terms of showing the direction, it has been really wonderful, Eyal. And thank you for your time. Yeah, anytime. It was a pleasure being here and uh, looking forward for our next conversation. Perfect. Take care, Pen. Thank you. Thank you, Deepak.